0: Welcome to Sustainability Bites, the podcast sponsored by Schutteler Partners. My name is Faes Lengers, and this episode is part of a series highlighting the ins and outs for the agri-food and health sectors during the Belgian presidency for the EU. Today's guest, I'm very happy to introduce Tessa Avermaten from SWEER and KU Leuven with whom we will discuss the presidency's plans surrounding sustainable food systems and choices. Welcome Tessa. So Tessa, could you tell us a bit about yourself and how you ended up joining the Sphere team?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, My name is uh, Tessa. I work at the University of Leuven, as you told. Um, I'm an agricultural economist. I study bioengineering at the University of Leuven. I made a PhD in Ghent um, and I worked afterwards seven years at the University College uh, of Leuven, surrounded by people more in the health sciences, uh, nutritionists, midwives, nurses, etc., and also focused a lot on science translation. And I think that's a really important thing to do when it comes to food, but also to farming, to health, that is to educate people, to communicate in a correct way. There's so much science out there. And uh, we sometimes forget that we need to communicate that in a proper way to citizens so they do understand. I'm working since 2014 at the University of Leuven in the Sphere team. That stands for Sustainable Food Economics Research um, it's a wo- team of Professor Erik Matthes and I'm working there at the EU level on European projects. So in European consortia, and they all deal with sustainable food systems um, from consumer, in fact, uh, to the farmer. So from farm to fork. I'm also working at the regional level. We have a lot of challenges here in Flanders. For example, if you look at nitrogen, if you look at the uh, generational renewal, young farmers trying to find land to farm on, a lot to do in, in Flanders as well. I have a lot of concerns when it comes to food security. And my key concerns, in fact, are with the young people. Young people, in the sense, young people producing food, our young farmers um, that sometimes yeah, don't see uh, a future Uh, In terms of farming, there's so much challenges, so much bottlenecks, and at the same time, also so much opportunities. I want to help these young people to find the opportunities. And on the other hand, on the consumer side, I'm also very worried about young people Um, in our society. If you look at the statistics when it comes to health, um, we see that one out of five children in uh, school, they, they don't eat properly, they don't eat healthy. And we see that in the statistics reflected with too much obesitas, too much people with food patterns that you cannot call healthy. So I'd like to try and contribute to telling people how they can eat sustainable and especially how they can eat healthy.
0: Yes indeed Tessa, now that obesity is an increasingly bigger problem it's very important that there's uh, education and information available on healthy and sustainable diets. The Belgian presidency has named several priorities regarding sustainable food production in their program. So the presidency strives for a level playing field in relation to the transition to a sustainable food system They want to achieve this by compensating farmers and fishers fairly, by harmonizing regulations, and by promoting safety and transparency throughout the food chain. Following the from fork to farm principle, it also aims to encourage sustainable food production by inviting member states to share best practices. So Tessa, do you believe the priorities set by the Belgian presidency regarding sustainable food production are ambitious enough? And how do you see these ambitions being further realized in the upcoming term?
1: Yeah, good questions. I think in the first place, it's good to see that um, food and farming, uh, the whole food system, in fact, is uh, put as one of the priorities of the Belgian presidency. I think we can only embrace that um, because there are so much challenges um, in in the food system, making that more sustainable. So that's a good point. Also, when it comes to making uh, an equal level playing field in the food system, yeah, we can only be happy um, with having that as one of the priorities. Right now, it is not the case. Only if we look at at farming across Europe, we see that there are still different regulations, um, different norms, different standards across member states. Um, So... Even within the farming sector, I think there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, It should be the case that, yeah, all farmers, wherever you farm, that there's like a kind of an equal uh, playing field, uh, that they all have the same rules. Um, They're all social, that the social norms are respected. um, Ecological norms are respected. It can't be the case that we put very high pressure on our own farmers and at the same time that in other regions in, in Europe um, yeah, rules are uh, not that strict. So that's something that we, we should deal with. I'm uh, a little bit uh, skeptical when it comes to compensating farmers and fishers. Sure, they do deserve a proper income. And right now we see, for example, a lot of problems when it comes to volatility. Farmers, fishers, they're uh, victims of climate change. Um, they also have a role to play in climate change, of course, and um, compensating farmers and fishers that would mean that we yeah, we say well we give you we give you a fixed income maybe or we we give you compensation for all the um, all the troubles that you face or the obstacles that you face, and at the same time keeping prices for food low. Now, I know when we talk about prices. Most citizens in Europe have the experience that the price for food is rather high and it has gone up during COVID. It has gone up also due to the Ukraine crisis. That's the truth. But still we see that um, food is not appreciated as it should. There goes a lot of work into, pre- into making food. And if we see nowadays in the supermarket sometimes Meat, uh, high quality meat with a very very low price. I think there is something wrong in our system. So rather than compensating the primary production, I would like to see a more fair food system where the price more reflects the costs that go in, not just the economic cost, but also ecological cost and social cost. Um, that also goes together with transparency. Um, it's, it's for sure a ca- the case that many citizens don't know how much work goes into food production and a little bit more transparency there and uh, clear and coherent communication towards uh, citizens, but also to all the actors in the food chain. I think that would be good. And that brings me to uh, an important point that is also um, one of the key um, Create uh, priorities when it comes to farming and food uh, for the Belgian presidency that is encouraging the sustainable food production and showing these best. I think uh, we should be careful there and assure that we are not going um, towards one kind of best practices. There are so many best practices in um, in the conventional system in uh, or in more alternative food systems that we have in Europe. Um, we have to make sure that it is realistic the majority of the farmers, um, yeah, they, they want to change. Often meet I, I regularly, almost daily meet farmers that want to produce sustainable. Uh, but at the same time, of course, it needs to be realistically, the technology needs to be there. All the tools need to be there for them to um, become more uh, sustainable food producers. And there, I think there's a, a real role for education and peer-to-peer learning. So if, the Belgian presidency really wants to, um, wants to emphasize that, yeah, I, um, I think they're doing a, g- a good, uh, they're doing a good task.
0: Thanks a lot, Tessa. Now, going back to healthy and sustainable diets. In a recent interview you gave to Flemish Institute Gezond Leven, you mentioned that individual people should not underestimate the positive impact that they can have by changing their diets to include vegetarian food more often. The Belgian presidency aims to promote healthy food choices in schools and they also want to share experiences on voluntary front-of-package labeling systems that have already been introduced in certain EU countries to encourage consumers to make balanced food choices. So in your view, how could sustainable food practices play a role in shaping a healthier food environment for students? and one that makes them more environmentally conscious.
1: Yeah, um, indeed. Uh, That brings us to what can people actually do and how can they really make a difference? What we see is that uh, citizens as a whole, but especially young people, they're really concerned about climate change, about the environment. We have seen them all over Europe coming to the capitals uh, in Brussels, in Berlin, in Paris. They've raised their voice to show that they want to see something changing and maybe people underestimate that they can also make the difference and indeed what you mentioned reducing meat consumption is one of these uh, topics where we as consumers can really make a difference in our everyday life because that's food the food choice is in fact one strong way to vote to let your voice be heard when it comes to climate change. We choose every day what is on our plate. Let what is on our plate be healthy. People sometimes tend to lose uh, the the main message because there's so many messages when it comes to sustainable food system. It needs to be ecological. It needs to be fair. It needs to be seasonal, local. There's so many things that come to us through media, um, and we forgot that the key message should be eat healthy, because if you really wanna make a change, you would already be a step uh, in front of, of so many others. If you eat healthy, if you're sure that what is on your plate, that uh, it is balanced, that there's enough fruit and vegetables, that you reduce meat consumption, that you reduce fat, salt, sugar, and that you assure that um, you have a balanced diet. That's, that's really important, and as you said, Uh, In Flanders, there are a lot of initiatives that focus at the school level now, assuring that at least at school, um, the pupils, the young people get a healthy meal. Uh, We can learn a lot there uh, from other European regions. I think, for example, of Scandinavia, where uh, in the schools for years in Sweden and Finland, food at school is good. And uh, it is for free. And also if you go to a student restaurant, for example in Finland where I was recently, it is amazing how they show that that you can really have sustainable food and that is healthy but also nice and tasty in these student environments. And I think there we will put it on the uh, during our presidency, Uh, on the table literally but we should also do it in practice of course because there are some good practices but let's be honest the majority of schools um the majority of universities still have a lot of work to do in moving towards more healthy diets and then of course um Yeah, it needs to be tasteful as well. We are not going to convince our young people to eat more vegetarian or flexitarian. um, If it is not nice, if the alternatives are no good, so there as well, we need to make a lot of efforts and we can share best practices and show how you can do it, how you can also assure that it's economically okay, because um, yeah, it needs to be affordable as well. And then... Um, what is not yet um, on the discussion and I think it deserves also a place in this discussion that is the skills Um, and especially then again skills of young people because um, where else should they learn it if they don't see at home how you cook healthy so I hope in that way it might sound a little bit conservative that um, in schools we reintroduce maybe a class called household where Uh, young people learn how to make soup learn how to eat healthy how to have a healthy breakfast these kind of skills they're so essential and uh, yeah i would i would be in favor of reintroducing them in our school system as well
0: those are some very interesting suggestions and indeed i believe myself and some of my friends would have benefited from having cooking classes in school So after success in the Netherlands, the Week Without Meat campaign was launched this past year in Belgium. And Switzerland Partners helped promote this campaign. And it was a big success in inspiring Belgians towards a lifestyle change. And it is estimated that 27% of Belgians saw the campaign, 4% of them participated, which is about 300,000 people. And the campaign will now be launched in six additional countries. What strategies and insights do you think we can take from campaigns like this one that could be applied both on a European level and also globally to promote sustainable food choices and inspire lasting lifestyle changes?
1: Well, these kind of initiatives, of course, they they make people aware of the problem. They should also come, of course, with some, some information because nowadays um, people tend to say, well, um, I... Uh, I want to I want to contribute to, um, to more sustainable food systems, but then if they are in the supermarket, then all of a sudden their minds changes and they think about the money they have and uh, about how much they want to spend on food. So there's a huge difference between willingness to change and actually changing habits. You don't change your habits overnight and what we see indeed with campaigns like this, um, people want to change it maybe for a week, because um, because they want to follow with friends or they, they say, well, it's just a week. It's like we have the alcohol free month now um, in many regions. Um, but then the question is how to really assure that this is a habit. And this is not a plea for everyone to become vegetarian. Uh, it should come with a good communication. Um, people need to eat more balanced also for the sake of their own health. And I think that the argument should be really clear. Why do we plea, for example, to eat meat, less meat? Um, because the impact of um, of eating meat is way bigger on the environment than eating um, plant-based products. But at the same time, we should also make people aware that you don't change meat by, for example, carrots. I mean, uh, we do need proteins. They are important and also... Uh, We need to avoid that. People start thinking, well, these livestock, um, these these farmers of uh, having livestock, that they're not sustainable. We do have very sustainable livestock farmers. And um, yeah, it should not be like glorifying one side of the story and on the other side, demonizing a group of people, but it should come like a balanced story. And we should also have all the actors in the food chain with us. So in these kind of campaigns, I think it's important to also show the role of the food industry, for example. It requests some some skills again, um to prepare nice vegetarian food it is not just uh, a matter of of keeping the meat out of your plate you need to replace it by something that is also high in uh, in proteins otherwise we end up with other problems or people start eating just more uh, more snacks because they want to compensate for not having meat so we should should be careful and uh, yeah try to really see how we can change Complete habit, not just for one week, but for a longer period, and uh, assure that it's not just a willingness or nice, but that it's also something that people want to yeah uh, want to take with them for the rest of the year, not just for the week without meat. Uh, and there, yeah, we can again learn probably from from good examples elsewhere in the world where there's nice vegetarian food that can inspire us, like 30 years ago. Um, I mean, there were hardly any vegetarian restaurants. We also had very few Asian uh, restaurants, for example. And nowadays, by introducing these habits or these kind of food more and more in society, you see that people start to make nice meals with it as well. So I I do believe that there is room for change and that there is the potential for change, but we need to have all the actors with us.
0: Thanks a lot, Tessa. Do you have any interesting projects coming up that we should keep an eye on?
1: Yes, we are involved in many European projects. In fact, all across Europe, there are nice projects um, financed by the European Commission to make the food system more sustainable. At our university, we're working on Cocorriado, Anton Rustica. And um, Cocorriado is a project where we want to assure that the farmer's position in the food chain is enhanced so that the farmer gets a more fair price for all the work that he does and in the Coquereado project, we put a lot of emphasis on the position of young people, young farmers, but also young people in rural areas, to that that really want to make changes to make, uh, yeah, to make the food system more sustainable, to link consumers with producers, but also assure that if they're like uh, public procurement, that uh, in schools, for example, that that food is healthy and that it, yeah, that farmers also, yeah, can can be part of this kind of system. So if if in a school you introduce healthy food that they also think about, for example, the apple producer just around the corner uh, to deliver that food. And then we have another project, Rustica, that's on making biofertilizers, Um, Also relevant, of course, in the framework of the EU uh, policy on making the food system more sustainable. How can we make it more circular? There's a lot of challenges out there, but it's nice to see that um, there's enthusiasm not just from universities, but also from non-academic partners. And then the young farmers in uh, Flanders, they are organized in, uh, in an organization called Groene Kring. And Groene Kring is doing a project where they look into the future. What do they want farming to look like in the future? And I think these are nice exercises. And they should inspire, of course, our policymakers as well. And it's nice to see how many competent and uh, and enthusiast farmers that we have, young people that we have. And I see a kind of same spirit at the European level, the SEJA the young European farmers also, they bundle the forces across regions um, to look into the future and to make the system more sustainable. They're really working constructively towards um, a yeah, better food system. I like that very much. And then there's one last thing I would like to mention. Um, we also try at, uh, at our division to go outside of, of the farming uh, and then the food Pillar that we are working in and opening up towards, for example, art and artificial intelligence, um, to broaden, in fact, the insights that we have, and to also enrich our own insights with insights from artists, from uh, scientists working on artificial intelligence. And we hope thereby that we can yeah, inspire way more people than we do uh, than we do now and spread the world. Um, and make people enthusiasts to contribute to more sustainable diets and to eat more healthy and to enjoy nice food.
0: So thank you so much for sharing your views with us, Tessa. I want to thank you for coming and I want to thank all of you for listening to this episode. If you want to learn more about the Belgian presidency or upcoming agri-food developments, stay tuned for the next episode of Sustainability Bites. Also, don't forget to check out our website. You can find the link in the description. Have a great day and see you next time.